Hey guys, we're back for part two of the Stacking Masterclass with Tuscan Les from a... Alright you horny bastards. <laughs> from a dingy cellar in London. We're recording this on a phone so forgive any... Uh, the technical equipment is down. Coronavirus has infested the uh, <laughs> our electronic equipment as well. So, Much like it has us. Yeah, exactly. So just bear with us. We'll try and yeah, hopefully sound holds up okay. This is this this topic. We're not going to go through the preliminaries of what stacking is um, and why we do it. We did that in the last part. So please refer back to part A on nationality stacking for the kind of pre-intro for that. We're going to be talking about stacking on a girl's job and what she does in her spare time stroke passion in this thing. And this is the other option for stacking. So if you live in a small town and everyone is from the same place um, and the same nationality, this is the one to riff on, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, again, we start off with say what you see with clothing. It's easy, obviously, and keeps you present. And then the transition from after talking about job is going on to um, what the girl does in her spare time. Yeah. Um, it's just walking her through that, having a structure to walk her through that that, uh, that topic, get onto something that's a little bit more emotional. Yeah, so I think maybe the best thing to do is role play it, but we'll just give prelip. So the first part of the stack is just to, to kind of bear this in mind as you hear me and Les talking is we're going to go, Les is going to come up and, and start a conversation with me based on what I'm wearing. He's going to guess my uh, job. I'm going to then tell him what I actually do. And then he's going to go into something we call day in the life of, which basically is saying I can picture you and then or I can imagine you and him talking about what he thinks I do in my day job, obviously with the basics of kind of being playful, being teasy. Um, and it usually starts off with in, the, in the, the general theme is in the daytime, whatever job it is, she starts off being quite studious and quite mm. uh, sensible and then it kind of descends into chaos towards the night. Um, and then after that, He'll ask an interesting side question um, and we'll see if the conversation plays out. So that's the first part of this stack, stack A. So should we role play that? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, cool. So, Is there anything you want me to say the job to be? Nah, let's just, we'll just wing it, see how it goes. So, okay, I'm yeah. a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go for it, the yeah. Deep sea, no, I'm not going to be a deep sea fisherman. I'll be something normal um, yeah. that they're actually probably going to hear. Yeah. Okay, so... So I come up to you, yeah. hey, excuse me, well, I know it's quite random, but I had to come say hello, I thought you looked really nice. I noticed your very fast strut and your very formal look, you must be a banker. You look like you're on your way to a very important business meeting. Um, I actually work as a uh, lawyer. As a lawyer, <clears throat> okay. I can imagine that a standard day for you would be to wake up 6 a.m. on the dot, you get up, have a morning coffee, go into your work, fight some kick-ass cases, mm -hmm. and after your job is done, you steal a whole lot of booze out of the liquor cabinet, go home, and have an absolute party, and sometimes rival in the fact that you absolutely destroyed your opposition that day. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, you know, I, yeah, there's, <laughs> I guess, I guess you kind of, Maybe some similarities to that for sure. Okay, I'm curious, what is the most interesting case that you've had or the one that has really shocked you the most? Ah, okay. Um, there's some I'm not allowed to talk about, but the one that strikes me as particularly interesting was when a guy uh, burnt down his own coffee shop to get the insurance. Okay, um, that's quite a serious story I was expecting. <laughs> 
was expecting someone to have uh, yeah <laughs> what were you expecting <laughs> did that catch you on guard let's keep it did my coffee shop into your ass catch on guard Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll pause there but the, the point yeah the point is basically you're going to ask a question that you find interesting yeah. that you find genuinely interesting because that's mm. going to come across as you care and it's charismatic and it, you know actually if you think about most jobs however boring they are there's always going to be an interesting question to ask about yeah. some of them sure so in a previous role play we did pilot you know the, if, for, for instance if the woman said she was pilot you know there's so many interesting questions you could ask there what's the you know, craziest like kind of um, turbulence you've ever had. What's the most mm. interesting place you've ever gone to? Any job, however boring, um, even you know, hairdresser. You could say, have you ever given a white guy dreadlocks? <laughs> um, you know, what's the what's the craziest haircut mm. request you've you've been asked for? You can ask so many interesting questions. Mm. It doesn't matter how boring her job is, how menial. There's interesting yeah. questions to be asked. So that's the first part of the stack. And if you then get into a conversation off the back of that disregard an expert yeah you're into a conversation remember the point of the stacking is just carrying that conversation having fun and then um yeah 100 percent. like we said like we said in part a it's all about that active listening so mm. focus on her answers if she gives you something really juicy to talk about that you can relate to hammer on that if she doesn't move on to the next part where you can transition and say something along the lines of okay cool it's nice that you do that as your as your formal job but mm. what do you get up to in your spare time yeah so that so we're now moving from the job into spare time and the reason for that is obviously stuff that a woman does in her spare time she's choosing to do mm. therefore she's going to like talking about it that's the yeah. obvious point to the obvious reason for the transition um okay so let's role play this so well you know in my spare time you know i like catching up with the girls watching about netflix going for wine i really like this wine bar called Beedales in borough market we go there quite a lot uh, i travel a fair bit for fun you know that's kind of the main bits yeah fair enough you know but most people do that you know everyone everyone enjoys traveling everyone goes out and has a, has a drink with their friends i enjoy that as well but mm-hmm. what else do you get up to in your spare time you know something something that's not as uh, cliche as that um, I enjoy painting. I really enjoy painting. Like I, I paint a lot with watercolors. Um, I love. Yeah, I, I kind of. I've always been quite creative. It's weird that I actually work as a lawyer because that's quite logical, and I've always mm-hmm. actually been typically more creative. So in the spare time, I, I paint a lot and I draw a bit as well, like uh, crayon stuff. So I'm guessing it's a massive contrast, and it just gives you time to sort of relax your logical brain and you allow your creativity Mm. to flow and you don't have to think about all of these things and you can sort of just express yourself on a canvas is that what it's like yeah absolutely yeah i I get into that kind of almost flow state where i just Mm. forget about everything around me yeah yeah see what i would do now like if we if we stop the role play i would go in and link something similar to what i do in my spare time and link to that Okay. To that emotion. So what would be an example of that you could use? One example that I would use would say uh, water skiing. I, I love water skiing in South okay. Africa. So I would go on about how I enjoy water skiing, how it gives me my feeling of peace and I can relate to Great. how something artistic would do the same. In saying that, if she doesn't really give you much, what you can do then is go into what her last day would be like and talk about her passion or her hobby that she gave you so So last day is in the last day of her life if 
if uh, hypothetically she had a last day of her life. So how would we introduce that? Yeah. So you'd say, I could imagine if you had one day to live, Great. you'd wake up in the morning, have your coffee, and just get the biggest canvas that you could find and buckets and buckets of paints and just really have an amazing time. Just paint whatever you wanted for the whole day and then finish it off with a beautiful glass of wine and conversations with your best friends. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just kind of pause and then just say what the kind of the process for that is. So day in the life of... Mm. Uh, job and then kind of going into that role play of what you think the job's going to be like yeah sensible in the day kind of craziest at night ask an interesting side question see if the conversation develops if not okay so apart from working what do you like to do in your spare time generally speaking the girl will give a superficial answer like Netflix hanging out with friends and you empathise and you say yeah me too blah 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 but you know I don't want to say passion but have you got something like you really like to do you can even give an example from your own life saying, for mm -hmm. example, I love that feeling of traveling or I love to fight or box because I love that feeling of being in the moment. Yeah. Is there anything you get, you, you kind of have that with anything? And then hopefully she'll kick in to give you a couple of actual things she really enjoys doing in her spare time. Yeah. And then you're going to empathize with her. And is there anything else you do there? Kind of just put yourself in her shoes, I guess, and, and try and figure out how it actually feels. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Which is charismatic and it shows you're actually listening. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting to do, you know, figuring out why people do stuff. Um, anything to add? Then uh, after, you know, you talk about her hypothetical last day, you could ask her an interesting question about her passion. Okay. So, something like, well, what is the strangest picture that you've ever painted or the strangest picture that you've ever wanted to paint? Okay. Yeah, and then at this stage again, we talked about this in the nationality stacking. You've actually been talking for quite a long time, so yeah. there's no way she's not interested in having a conversation. Mm. If she's standing and listening to you, she wants to talk to you. Otherwise, yeah. she would have made an excuse to leave. Okay, cool. Should we flip it around and we'll do role play the other way? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you with your bright blue hair, like looking like a peacock, and I thought you looked really nice. Um, you yeah you you look no I saw you you know you I, I noticed the kind of the uh, crazy kind of creative outfit on I thought you you reminded me of someone who works in fashion. No, I'm not. I'm actually. Uh... <laughs> what are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm expecting some crazy. <laughs> As you asked me, I was like, hmm, what, what, what shall I be to? I'm actually a, a professional chocolate taster. A professional chocolate taster. Mm. Okay, I can imagine you going into work on a bit of a hangover from the night before. Um, you're going in, you're getting your big, <laughs> you're putting on your aprons, your brilliant jet white <laughs> apron. <laughs> because you know you're gonna smear brown sludge all over yourself. <laughs> okay, no, serious task, serious. I can imagine you yeah, going in looking very prim and proper in the daytime. Your taste buds are clean, you've had some, uh, you know, very kind of pure, water to cleanse your mouth because your palate needs mm. to be you know spectacularly accurate and you start off with chase, tasting the, the kind of the really light ones yeah like the light milk chocolate ones and then slowly you go into the really dark ones you know the gritty tasting ones the ones that taste a bit earthy almost really bitter you know that burnt flavor you go home at the end of the day your mouth is just smothered in chocolate so you go home put your feet up 
start drinking whiskey to cleanse it out and then one thing leads to another and you get a little bit hungover uh, a little bit a little bit drunk and then the, the feed the, the process repeats you go back in again hungover is that is that kind of like your average day i mean you it's know, a very unusual job but is it kind yeah. of similar you know i was really surprised you said <coughs> that because it is such an art to taste in chocolate and you have to cleanse your palate every time in between you taste so it's actually really interesting when you find out the different tastes of chocolates and it's it obviously keeps life interesting it's not the stereotypical job yeah it sounds a bit like wine tasting mm, very similar actually so what is the craziest tasting chocolate you've ever tried well the one time we had to taste <laughs> just we're doing really well to, to have yeah. this as a serious conversation I, think it's, it's, I mean it's if, good, if, yeah. if i actually met a girl who's a professional chocolatier i'll be is that what you call it chocolatier <laughs> like a professional, <laughs> professional chocolatier um, i'd be really impressed we had to we had to taste uh <clears throat> goat's milk chocolate uh, <laughs> And it was actually, contrary to popular belief, it was one of the most delicious things I've ever tasted, but I won't tell people that. Ah, okay. Super interesting. So, apart from obviously occasionally getting the, the luxury of tasting goat's milk chocolate, um, what do you like to do when you're not working? I mean, your job sounds kind of yeah. like super fun anyway, but obviously for, for you it probably seems like work. But yeah, when you're not actually in work, what do you like to do in your spare time? Yeah, it's funny you said, I was quite lucky to find something that I really enjoy to do. So I feel like it's not work, but when I'm not formally tasting chocolates, I actually really enjoy to just go to a museum by myself with, with no friends and just completely get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. Ah, okay. So what about being alone in a museum? <laughs> Just picturing friends <laughs> Stop wanking, French Andy. Stop hiding behind trees and wanking. We're getting distracted. Um, yeah, so what about being in a museum alone, really? What do you like about that? I really enjoy um, the, the peace because, you know, I grew up on a very uh, quiet farm and obviously coming to London is... A very fast-paced lifestyle so for me it's just a complete escape where I can be alone with my thoughts and you know being an, a, a professional chocolatier is quite is something quite creative so I can really admire the the art that the that has been created and is being put it in these portrait galleries yeah I can imagine the getting away from that hubbub that, that intense uh that intense energy that must be in a professional chocolatier tasting environment. Mm. Um, you know, getting away from that must be must be a welcome relief. And I think, you know, for me, I've always enjoyed traveling a lot, but I particularly like those occasional days where I'm away from my friends, I'm just on my own. I wander off completely into the wilderness. Mm. Like even on a super cold morning, there's like a, a soul wolf, wolf howling in the distance and it's just me in an icy area, an icy forest, and it's just completely still. Mm. Um, is it kind of like how it feels with you when you're in a museum and, and looking at things? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It gives you time to think about life and, and do a little bit of introspection as well. And which is the most interesting museum you've gone to around the world? I like the National Gallery in, in uh, Trafalgar Square, actually. Because it's quite simple, it's not extravagant, 
but it still has amazing art and it's just easily accessible. So I can imagine. Okay, that makes sense. So I can imagine you, you know, final day of planet Earth, you'd actually be quite comfortable if the world was going to end tomorrow, just wandering around the empty streets as everyone has gone into complete lockdown, apocalyptic mode. Yeah. You've basically got the entirety of the, the, yeah, the streets of whatever country you're in completely to yourself, deadly quiet. Um, <clears throat> and probably a bit at peace with peace with yourself. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Even though most people would probably be getting drunk and having sex, <laughs> catching French Andy behind. <laughs> I just enjoy uh, walk, walking around by myself. French Andy, stop popping up in our podcast. Um, okay, great. Yeah. So, no, but it's a it's a very all jokes aside, it's a very good structure to follow. Mm, yeah, it's actually in some ways. Although nationality is the obvious one to riff on, this is a very, for guys really lacking a structure, this is a very yeah. good way, way of doing it, isn't it? And uh, even though this conversation is a little bit strange and bizarre, a lot of the topics that we talked about will come up again and again. What professional chocolates there and Andy behind you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the, the feelings behind why people do certain yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, absolutely. And this is actually an amazing structure to play. If you've got a wingman or something and you're stuck, stuck in isolation, do some do some role play, you know. You can't see each other, so you can leave the furry handcuffs at home, but mm. you can obviously have a little phone conversation and do verbal role play because that's the best practice that you're gonna be able to uh, perform in in a time like this. Or even out of out of lockdown as well. If you just wanna have half an hour in the evening where you wanna practice your game, give your mates a call. Any particular sticking points guys have with this or any, anything we see fuck guys fucking up on with this sort of stuff? Mm, I would say the one thing to take into account is uh, if, the conversation does, if the conversation does go down a little bit of a darker route, try and pick it back up again. So Darker in what sense? In the sense that it dulls the mood. If, yeah. the, if, if it's a very serious topic or something, try and lead the conversation out of that because ultimately you want to be talking about things that lift up the mood with a girl. Yeah, that's great. And, and yeah. always, you know, if this was happening on a date, this is a, almost a stack you could actually do on a date. Mm, um, yeah. And then you can get quite serious and, and uh, with the emotions and stuff, you know, really be going into that because it's kind of deep rapport. But remember that the context of this is going to be the first few minutes of, of you meeting someone. So you don't necessarily need to go too deep into the emotions. You want to keep it lighthearted and playful as a kind yeah. of a, as a normal kind of as 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 as, as normal normalcy normal normal the default position playful <laughs> missionary he just looked at me like he's talking about french onion <laughs> the default position is playful it's easy easy going um and then yeah if that makes sense um Nothing else to riff on really, apart from I'd say the main sticking point I see when guys do try and riff on a girl's job is not being playful. They just mm, literally start yeah. describing her job. Like if she says she's a secretary, they're like, well, I can imagine you going into work. The boss gives you a big stack of papers. It's the sleeper deal. <laughs> Sexually harasses. <laughs> <laughs> the boss is actually French handy. Um, but they're too logical. All jokes aside, they're too logical with it. They're actually start describing her day as a boring PR or secretary yeah. is, and there's no fun in it. It's like, oh great, you're being accurate, but there's no fun in that. There's no creativity. There's no like yeah. absolute 
verbal role play. So whatever the job is, however uninteresting or interesting it is, start off with a kind of good girl dynamic of she's working hard and things are going right and then it goes into kind of the bad party girl or maybe she's mm. hitting on a colleague or a colleague's hitting on her. Turn it into that kind of dating orientated yeah. vibe. And I think that's about it. We've been rambling away for a good, I want to say, almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. Any questions and comments as usual, James Tusk at project-tusk.com. I hope these two, uh, a, part A and part B, uh, kind of, yeah, shortish podcasts help clarify stacking. It is one of the big fuck-ups, I'd say, after actually just approaching enough, which mm. I'd say is the guy's biggest sticking point. You know, we've always said if you can show up and approach eight out of ten girls you find attractive, you know, going about your day or in a bar, you're halfway to success. I'd say the next step after that is really getting this bit down where you're carrying that conversation for the first few minutes and that ability to do that is just so, guys that can do that and they riff with that conviction. I mean, you're, you're not home and dry, but you've, you've, got a, you've done a good proportion of, of getting there, haven't you? Yeah, 100%. And if you use this framework after a few months, you'll probably find yourself um, just riffing by yourself, not even needing it. But this is a really good place to start just to put some training wheels on that you can eventually take off when you get more confidence. And as Les says, you know, you may be listening to this way after coronavirus has lifted in London, but if you are listening to this uh, and coronavirus still, still is going on, absolutely be just, I know it sounds stupid, but do what me and Les did and, and just play around with it a bit because that's how you get used to something. A bit like sales, you role play in sales, you know, with, mm. your, your, with your teammates and stuff. It's the same way to get good at this. If you can find a girl's practice on even better, but she might think you're a complete weirdo, especially when you mention French Andy every five minutes. So just, you know, get a wing and just start riffing, even on the phone. You don't need yeah. to be face to face. 100%. It's actually an amazing exercise to do during this lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not something guys focus on enough. It's, it's practicing. They just go out and they blindly just, you know, will approach girls year, week after week, month after month, year after year. And there's no sign of even attempting to get better. It's they go up and spew out the same stuff, expecting different results. So you mm. work on these elements. They're all a, you're able to work on every single element of this and get better, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Cool. Pleasure as always, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers.